let me tell you a very quick story about this. Yeah, no I was telling Arnold Schwarzenegger that I was really worried about my accent because I was like, I'm British, and they want me to do this um, to business. They want me to do these things, and you know, they want. And I was like, I think it sounds. You know, I'm not sure that it sounds okay. I'm not. I think that they're worried about it. They're watching it behind the monitors and thinking, do we like this? You know. And he goes, don't worry about it. He goes, just do what you're doing. It's. He goes, you, you do what you're doing because it's it's terrific. And he was like, I. He goes, I've been playing American for 40 years. And I was like, oh yeah. I was like, it's he's true. like in this show, he's a CIA operator. And you're like, and he goes, do I sound American? And I was like, <laughs> and nobody, it's and so you're like, true. no, of course he still sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He still sounds like he's always sounded, you know, like he's mm -hmm. from Austria, you know, sort of, uh, and you're like, oh yeah. And again, nobody questions it because he's Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's amazing. Today on the show, we are joined with actor and action movie badass Simon Phillips. This week, Simon is featured in the series premiere along with Arnold Schwarzenegger in the show FUBAR on Netflix, which comes out on May 25th. It will also be featured in season three of The Witcher. Simon's resume is absolutely insane. He's worked with the likes of Bruce Willis, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Mel Gibson, and the joke is, it's probably easier to list the action heroes of your childhood who he hasn't worked with. And there is one on his list, you're going to hear about that today. And around hearing all these cool stories, he's just a well of knowledge and advice for young actors and people just trying to break into the film industry. Really talks about the power of being your authentic self. And was all around just a fun guy to chat with. I think this is one of my all-time favorite interviews I've ever done with an actor. And I could talk and talk about it, but why don't you listen to it right now? Very nice to meet you today, Simon. Um, nice to meet you too, Sean. Yeah, I uh, luckily got to check out all of FUBAR, did a huge binge watch and stuff like that. And um, it was super cool, like just right off the bat, um, being able to see you in that scene with Arnold, which I believe kind of like sets the tone of really building his character and seeing what yeah. he's all about. And also, like, you just playing, like, this badass bad guy as well. I kind of want to, like, know a little bit about going into that scene and uh, how that experience was. I mean, you know, on paper, when they say, when they, you know, when I, I auditioned for it and stuff like that, uh, and they're just like, I was like, so this is, um, you know, this is a new show. It wasn't called Fubar back then. It was called something else, but it's called Fubar now. Uh, and uh, I was like, so this scene, just, I'm just being clear. This is a scene with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and they're like, it's the it's basically the first thing in the in the pilot in the first episode you know so and i was like so it's, it's big sort of tone setting stuff like you're like and they're like okay and they're like and uh i don't i'm definitely not supposed to yeah no i'm definitely not supposed to say a bunch of stuff about it i've got i've got like four pages of stuff that they send me. hey don't say this don't say this uh from netflix god bless them uh otherwise they would kill me um yeah we'll definitely yeah, keep it uh, spoiler free but uh kind yeah, of like spoiler free. but yeah. it was uh, but basically they were like it's a scene with Arnold Schwarzenegger right so they go you get to do your stuff with him all my stuff is with him so I was like great I mean absolutely yes you know sort of uh, who do I have to kill to make that happen and uh, and it was as amazing mate as you would think it was as a as a boy you know like I'm an 80s baby right so as a boy growing up I'm, I've just seen everything Arnold Schwarzenegger related so as I was you know you know as you're being an actor you'd, you you obviously dream of these like kind of like crazy jobs when the phone rings and they go do you want to do this and you're like absolutely you know as a nick centora dana goldberg series you know with arnold schwarzenegger all the yeses all yes 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 you know sort of uh 
and uh, the director Phil Abraham. Like these guys, you look at their CVs; they have monster CVs, like of huge. You're like seen that you know, I've not, not just seen it. It's like legendary success. Dana Goldberg, go and look at Dana Goldberg's IMDb. And mine on Schwarzenegger, and Nick Centura. Oh my God! Yeah, you know, like all these guys, and you're like, this is like a dream job. Um, mm-hmm. And you're in the first episode, you know, so you're in it. You go in, come in straight away. Uh, yeah. So I was like, absolutely. Or oh, the only thing they were like, I auditioned in my British accent. I don't know if you know I'm British, but uh, I'm British. And they were like, yeah, we're gonna have you do it in a Flemish accent. And I was like, oh, I, uh, I don't even know what that is. I was uh, gonna say, I never. I was like, if if you did a Flemish accent right now, I wouldn't be able to tell you you know where I, I don't know if i'd know what that was um yeah and they're like don't worry we've got a voice coach like you do some zooms with him and you you just you just practice stuff and stuff like that and i was like oh okay all right okay <laughs> i was like all right uh and they never wanted to hear the accent or anything they were just like just turn up and you we just have fun on the day and we had like all day to do this um scene yeah, so, but- and one of my first lines was this is the best compliment i got about doing the show one of my first couple of lines in the show is in german um because I talked to him in uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in German, and I had only just met him. Uh, I had we'd zoomed and stuff before because they have rehearsals on Zoom and stuff like that. But um, I'd only just met him for the first time face to face, and I started doing some of the German, and then he spoke back to me in German, like improvised some, like, and it, because he thought that I was speaking German, that I could speak German, oh, and I was like, so cool. ah, good, all of this work has paid off because you think I'm actually able to speak German, which is great. <laughs> I can't yeah. at all. Yeah, that's awesome, and. Like you said, just beyond cool. And um, even like in the scene, you guys are sitting across from each other. How was it like just kind of like hanging with him when the scene would cut? And you guys, that, do like, you know oh. what? Actually, mate, that's a really good question because that's actually my favorite time. Because people are like, when you're doing the scene, you're doing the scene, right? You know, so when you're concentrating and then they're cut and they, you know, they move the cameras and the lighting and they're, they're messing around with stuff for ages. Um, but in between that time, you're just sat talking to Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, sort of on like just mental things. And you just have to sort of pinch yourself a little bit. I'm just having a random chat with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger just ordered me a coffee because he's having a coffee. I was like, uh, you're like, brilliant. Just, you know, he asked me, he was like, you a coffee? And he was like, no no sugar, right? And I was like, as if I, he'd ordered a coffee for me before. He never ordered a coffee for me before, by the way. And I was like, yeah, no. And uh, I'll tell you the truth, man. I like sugar in my coffee, so I don't know why I agreed to it. Uh, but I was just like, <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger, give me a coffee. And I think he's saying, you don't need the sugar. Just have the coffee. You know, and you're like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, thank you. Uh, <laughs> you know, sort of, and those are my favorite bits because you just get to chat about anything. I was actually telling him, uh, t- let me tell you a very quick story about this. Yeah, no problem. I was telling Arnold Schwarzenegger that I was really worried about my accent because I was like, I'm British and they want me to do this um, to business. They want me to do these like, things, and, you know. They want, and I was like, I think it sounds, you know, I'm not sure that it sounds okay. I'm not. I think that they're worried about it. They're watching it behind the monitors and thinking, do we like this, you know? And he was like, oh no, it's you know. He's like, it's terrific, don't, you know. He goes, and he goes, and I was like, yeah, you don't. And he goes, don't worry about it. He goes, just do what you're doing. It's he goes, you you do what you're doing because it's it's terrific. And he was like, I probably, he goes, I've been playing American for 40 years. And I was like, oh yeah. I was like, it's he's true. like in this show, he's a CIA operator. And you're like, and he goes, do I sound American? And I was like, <laughs> and nobody, it's and you're so like, true. no, of course he still sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He still sounds like he's always sounded, you know, like he's mm-hmm. from Austria, you know, sort of, uh, and you're like, oh yeah. And again, nobody questions it because he's Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's amazing, you know, sort of, so you don't, you're like, that's epic. And yeah. so he put that in put a lot of perspective for me. He's like, don't worry about it. Just do just do what you're doing, you know, sort of, and don't worry about what they think. And Amazing. Like, All right. Well, yeah, it's, it's so iconic too. And even like these type of experiences 
are not new for you. Like I look at uh, kind of like your legacy as an actor and you're with guys like Bruce Bruce Willis, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Mel Gibson, Mark. Jean-Claude Van Damme. At the moment, mate, I'll tell you my big thing. I was like, somebody needs to get me Sylvester Stallone on the phone because uh, I'm I'm collecting like <laughs> icons, you know, sort of. I was like, I've done I've done a lot of them, uh, but I'm missing Sylvester Stallone. So they, this is a picture. Sylvester, if you're listening, uh, please give me a job on your show. Yeah, put Simon <laughs> in Expendables 11 or 12 or whatever number Some, they're at right something. now. Any, anything, it's fine. I'll do anything. It's fine. Yeah, and even like being on set with all like these legends, you actually answered like one of my questions earlier, like being like an '80s kid and watching this, and I grew up on all this too, too. So I couldn't imagine like the excitement, but uh, just being on set with uh, like these action legends, and also you being casted in a lot of action films. Uh, is there any like big takeaways or like lessons you kind of like just got off of like some of these people? Like when. You know, one of them was, is just, you know, kind of be yourself. So there's a temptation when you're an actor, right? You're going, oh, I'm I'm being somebody else, right? You know, so lots of people want to be Johnny Depp or Daniel Day-Lewis or, you know, these guys are sort of chameleons a little bit. They're able to be very different um, in every role. They seem to like completely reinvent themselves. You're Christian Bale, you know, they're, completely, they're unrecognizable from job to job to job. And you're like, and that's like a very small percentage of even what I would say is successful working actors, you know, sort of for the rest of them, like Arnold Schwarzenegger has been doing a lot of the same stuff for 40 years because people love it because he's really mm. good at it, you know, and it's, it's one of the Bruce Willis is all, you know, his entire career was playing that sort of, you know, like disgruntled cop, you know, but he, but he was really good at it. So, so once you find the thing that works for you, keep doing it. People like uh, people like it, but it's about authenticity. It's about like seeing yourself. So, rather than trying to be like, I wish I was slimmer or bigger or you know or or something. I don't know. Whatever actor you aspire to be, you know, you, the minute you try and change yourself, I think somehow people see it. And what they what people are really attracted to is like uh, is yourself. It's like just be you. Like just let me like Seth Rogen's not a good looking guy, but he's undeniably sort of charismatic and himself. Adam Sandler isn't a good. You know, but people like him because they they feel like they know him they feel like he's mm. just genuinely himself and so there's a bit of that so just even if you're being like lots of my stuff is in action movies or playing bad guys but i always try to get a bit of my own personality into it like i'm sort of joking or something and take it don't take it too like too seriously sometimes and that helps me um people go i like him even if you're playing an arsehole you know they go they go yeah, yeah. But he is but i kind of I don't know. I like him. It's all about it because he's doing something a little different, you know, sort of. Uh, he's playing the tough guy, but not tough, you know, sort yeah. of. Uh, yeah, that's true. Like, uh, I didn't think about it that way. But yeah, I did get that vibe watching uh, that scene in Fubar and everything. And uh, yeah. it's also cool, like, just seeing your reel and like, just the type of work you do. You either got like a gun to like Bruce Willis's head or like you're holding somebody up with like an axe too. And even yeah. meeting you right now, you have like such a warm energy. And it's cool to see you like, uh, on the screen, just kind of turn that on. And is there any like, <laughs> kind of like, uh, ritual or things you do to prepare for a scene to get in that that zone i think you've got to know what you're is, you, there are lots of actors when they're young right they um they study the lines very hard and they work really hard at memorizing stuff now that's that's good i have that sort of training as well because i did shakespeare and stuff like, like you couldn't get a word wrong you know when you're doing that it has to be exactly 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 but when you're doing anything else 
you have to be you like you want to creatively own these things right so so i love to improvise which is obviously everybody's nightmare if they're doing a scene with me i'm sure uh but so m most of the talented people i do they love that you know sort of and they and they want that because it gives a freshness to the scene or a freshness to uh, the the stuff when I, I would tell you a story about when I was doing the stuff with Bruce Willis, like all basically all of that stuff is improvised, everything. Oh, wow. You know, so they're just like because and not because of me, because Bruce Willis wanted to improvise, and obviously they let Bruce Willis do whatever Bruce Willis wants to do. Uh, so so they were like, <laughs> and I was like, great, because I I'd much prefer to do that. Um, and they're like, and the guys are just like, just keep going and just wait until you hear cut, you know. So so whatever he does, you keep going with him. I was like, yeah, yeah. And they wanted, you know, that was supposed to be like you got a gun to Bruce Willis's head and you're tough. And if you've seen, I don't know if you've seen some of the, the show or the movie mm -hmm. or other, but I was like, rather than being tough, I was like, because there was a bunch of tough people in the show. There was a bunch of muscle people and stuff like that. I was like, oh, I'm not going to be tough. I'm just, I'm just going to be a coward. And I was like, well, like, why not? Like, I'm, I'm in over my head, you know, like I look like a tough guy, but really like when it comes down to it, I'm like, man, I don't know what the fuck to do. You know, sort of, uh, you know, I'm a bit panicky. And I was like, because that makes it something, then you're something different. You know, it's like, yes, I've got a gun to Bruce Willis's head, but like, <laughs> I'm afraid of it as well. So, so like, a, you know, and that's, and that gives you something different. It makes it sort of funny. And then people, you know, people like that. Uh, yeah. The director liked it and the producers liked it. So Yeah, <laughs> it definitely. Even I think that like humanizes the character too, because lots of yeah, people watch these movies and it, sometimes people are just like, emotionless when they're doing these type of actions but like imagine really like you having to hold somebody up with a gun so you'd be like almost pissing yeah. yourself with like nerves and everything so it's kind of yeah, cool you that, would, uh, right yeah you it's a good, it's a good way to direct that energy when you're on set you're kind of I, you're always you're always a bit of nervous you should be nervous you know it's, you just got to use the energy like some people will get crippled by the nerves they can't get the words out they get like you know uh, you know sort of but you should it's it's not that you shouldn't be nervous you should just use the energy like you've you've got nervous energy you've got so much adrenaline it's like okay so ch like channel it into something like do something do something cool you know sort of that's the you know and, and and make the decision about what you're doing so i always think the tip i've got for people sorry which is the beginning of your question there don't worry about the script worry about what you're doing like you know sort of if you're supposed to be um the tough guy or, what, or whatever it is supposed to be you got to think of like well this is my character this is why i'm doing it don't worry about if you get the dialogue exactly right as long as you don't break character as long as you're kind of like oh i don't care if i got the information wrong a minute ago as long as i keep looking at you and i keep saying what i'm saying and i say it with conviction then it doesn't fucking matter that i got the word slightly wrong because people are looking at your they're looking at you and your body language and the way you do it just as much as they're listening to what you're saying you know sort of so it's half the but sometimes people you can see that they get really worried about having to remember lines or something like that and you don't need to you know sort of uh you need to remember your character that's what you need to remember oh cool yeah that's a pro tip too and i'm sure too even like uh more of like an amateur actor if they slip a line they'd be like oh let's start over but maybe yeah somebody who's gets in that zone like okay let's just keep it going keep it rolling and tap into yeah, that and keep it rolling. and if, you know what if they need to take it back they'll take it back but yeah that's one thing that's a definitely that's an amateur slip for sure when they go oh sorry i messed up can we cut you know and you're like oh you never do that like just keep going until the guy tells you that again because you don't know what they see and maybe they like it or something like that you know and you if you're stammering and you're like look i gotta get the, the train at um Two, uh, three thirty, and then you go right. I just messed that line up, and they go, "Oh, I didn't think you messed that line up. I thought that you were just like trying to remember what time it was." And he goes, "That's cool, and I like it because it seemed a bit real, you know, sort of." Uh, and then you think, "Oh, that was me just messing up." And like, as long as you messed up in character, it doesn't really matter. 
The minute yeah. you say cut, I know you're not in character, you know, sort of, uh, or can we start over or something stupid like that? Mm-hmm. You ever have like moments where you just kind of like riffing in the moment and almost forget about it and then see it like at the premiere and like, oh, I can't believe they used that part and, or, or something. I, like it's one of my favorite things about uh, doing these things. <laughs> you get to do it. And then a year later, someone's, uh, you know, some, it's, you're at a premiere for it or something, you're at some publicity event, and you get to see it. And you're like, up, in, up until then, mate, I have no idea what bits they've used and what bits they haven't. Because they like to, um, you know, they get you get a lot of time to do these things. These things aren't done quickly, you know, sort of. So they have you impro, they like, you know, from, well, for me, they like, they let you impro all day, basically. And then they just, you know, the editor picks out the things that they like the most, or the director and the editors. So, um mm-hmm. Great people on these show, you know, Nick Centora and uh, Dana Goldberg. Like, you see these guys, like, they're impressive CVs. So you're like, yeah, I can impro- improvise all day with these guys. With Arnold Schwarzenegger, sure thing, man. I was like, I can't believe I'm getting paid to do this. This is great. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know? like a, a pinch me moment, though. But, yeah. but man, yours, your resume is getting stacked, too. Like, if you keep this up, you're going to be just one of those guys where people are going to be like, oh, my God, I'm in a scene with Simon Phillips. <laughs> like, he was but in that was- bar. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice if some someday somebody was like, "Oh God, I get to do a scene with Sam Phillips." And I'm like, "What?" And I was like, "When did that happen?" <laughs> no, you're you're absolutely killing it too. And also, I read um that you have like some experience like behind the cam, like production wise. And in- oh yeah, I produced so like I mean, I've produced a lot of like um, indie films, like indie horror films and indie mm-hmm. small films because. Uh, I was saying, like, I think the days of waiting for the phone, you know, an actor waiting for the phone to ring, he auditions for a lot of stuff, and but he doesn't do anything whilst he's not working. I think those days are gone. I think you need to be proactive. You know, you're not going to diversify. You got to put lots of fingers in lots of pies. So when I'm not working on like these these massive, you know, two hundred million dollar shows, uh, you know, sort of, uh, I'm. Uh, you know, I produce my my own stuff. Um, well, not, not just on my own, but like with a team of people that like are collaborators, filmers, directors, and editors, and producers. And we make like indie horror projects or stuff like that, um, or comedies or uh, things like that, uh, just to keep working. Because you know, you may as well put together these. Uh, they're always just a million dollar movies. You know, they're they're not big movies in in that sense, but they're good and they're very fun. And you get to cut your teeth on them, and you get to keep you get to keep acting, you know, sort of, I, I act in them, but I have a hand in how they're made and, you know, how they're written and stuff like that. So I try to be helpful as possible because, uh, you know, I know a lot of people doing these big shows, you get to know a lot of people. So people always want to see you working. And whenever you work, people give you more jobs, you know, sort of, they say, yeah, you know, that's how I got all these things, by the way, you know, these big shows, because the, the producers and the casting directors, they just see, yeah, that guy, he's in, yeah, I see him all the time. Like, he's been doing this for years. Yeah, g- give him this. Uh, he'll, be, he'll be all right to do this. And he's worked with, you know, big people before, so he'll be fine. You know, sort of, uh, it's good. You know, the last thing, they're always probably nervous, slightly nervous about putting a, a slightly inexperienced actor next to Arnold Schwarzenegger, thinking, ah, oh, this guy's going to choke on the day. You know, like, he won't be able to do it. You know, sort of, you'll just mess up all his lines. So, obviously, you don't want that. Oh, man, but... uh yeah, even like watching like all your scenes, I wouldn't put you in the category as an inexperienced actor. But I'm sure, like sometimes when you think about like just when like you're as sad, a whole and watching these movies as a kid, like oh my god, I'm with this guy. When you're sat across from Arnold Schwarzenegger, believe me, you feel inexperienced. You're like, geez, <laughs> this guy is like, like who doesn't know this guy's name in the world? ever you know i could from now on i could go you'd be like oh, i'm simon i'm an actor and people were like i don't know have i seen any of your movies i don't know and you could mention a few things 
Yeah, yeah, I think I heard of that. If I was able to say my name's Arnold Schwarzenegger, well, I don't need to say anything else. You know, sort of as a not a person in the world doesn't know who that is. And that's a sort of um, a power. And by the way, he's the nicest guy in the world. He knows everybody's name. He's got time for everybody. You know, so you're always impressed. He's like, he doesn't have to pay attention. He doesn't have to know my name. You know, they just go, hey, this is the guy, you know. Uh, he doesn't have to talk to you between, you know, he doesn't have to do any of that. And he does everything. And he talks to everybody. He's, so, he's, he's an absolute delight. And he doesn't have to be. He's earned all his... He's paid all his dues. He's done other things. He could just be a diva if he wanted to be, and he's not. He's just oh, that's got beautiful. time and energy for everybody. Yeah, I love hearing stuff like that too. And it's also like really cool to hear that you're always so busy with doing the production too. Because like truly, even if you're like acting or behind the cam too, I feel like it's still like just being on set is always keeping your sword sharp in a way. You know, like just yeah. kind of and leaving that's... that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the the idea of doing the independent stuff. Not just that it's um it keeps you busy. Uh, obviously, it keeps you earning money and stuff like that, which is important. You got to pay for life and stuff like that, and your rent and so on and so forth. But it keeps you acting, and the more acting that you do, you know, like um, that's what people do. Is like that I've been on stuff where people are good actors, but then they haven't done a project for like a year and a half or two years, and they're like, oh, it's COVID, you know, and I had to, you know, and you're like, yeah, and then when they come back, they're kind of rusty. And they kind of they you know they start messing up lines and stuff like and you're like ah okay because they're you know it's like not going to the gym do you know what I mean once you go it, the first time you go back it hurts a bit you know sort of be like yeah you got to get you know sort of uh, you got to keep doing it the more you keep doing it the easier it gets like anyway mm -hmm. yeah and I'm sure like I don't act myself but I'm sure it's like anything else where you can build a muscle memory with uh, yeah whatever craft it, you're doing yeah yeah. Even uh, you mentioned uh, producing like kind of more of like a lower budget films and stuff. And I saw a clip of you being a Santa Claus, just murdering people. Was that one of your films? Because I am so intrigued from watching that one clip. <laughs> it wasn't my idea, I must oh. admit. But, uh, but, it, but it was, I mean, I produced it. Like, it was like as soon as I heard about it, I mean, it's my buddy of mine that made, directed the movie and wrote, wrote the movie. Um and they were like, you know, they were like, like, it's a murderous Santa Claus. Like, we made two of these movies. Um, and I was like, yeah, and then they're going to make a, are they going to make a third one? Yes. Am I allowed to, am I allowed to? Yeah, so I've just said it anyway. I can cut uh, that if, if you want me to cut yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> got to check with these people. I'm allowed to say these things. Um, but anyway, but um, they, you know, they do that and they, they go, you know, sort of, it's a murderous Santa Claus. And you're like, you're like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just absolutely. You're like, I'm definitely going to, and ever since I've done that one, by the way, it's the one that comes back a lot, you know, so as in people, like it comes back every Christmas. I did it about three or four years ago. And every Christmas it comes back as in every Christmas, people want to talk about it again, you know, sort of, so it keeps, like, it kind of goes around, you know, sort of, uh, and people go, I love that movie, you know, sort of, you're like, you're kind of insane in it, you know, and I was like, yeah, I mean, it's really funny. You're not going to, in your life, you're only going to get to probably do one project with Arnold Schwarzenegger, one with Bruce Willis, one with Jungle Van Damme, and one time you're going to get to play a deranged Santa Claus, you know, sort of, as a, these all make a rich tapestry of, you know, <laughs> of a career for you yeah even like i'm excited to hear there's two of these this is going to be my holiday movies this season too because even like just like how like from the little i saw like how it's shot and like how you look with like the one like dead eye and just yeah. like you're holding somebody up with an axe it looks like just like a great time <laughs> of a movie by the way, that's always a good fun thing when they give me that, they have like a contact lens, like it's a big contact lens, so it like wipes out your eye. And they go, okay, just swing this ax, you know, and just, you know, try not to hit people. And you're like, right. I mean, I've only got one good eye right now, so my depth perception is shot. Uh, so, 
good luck everyone you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i guess that's like uh, even though like all these roles are really fun that's the work aspect about it it's like okay i gotta really concentrate and not hurt somebody right now I know, and they want you to look crazy. So they yeah. they want you to look like you're all over the place and you're unpredictable. But really, you're like, well, I can't really be unpredictable. I have a real axe in my hand, and if I'm really unpredictable, like I'm going to accidentally decapitate Mrs. Claus behind me. You know, sort of uh, if I'm not paying attention. So you have to, you still have to kind of, you still got to concentrate a little bit. Like you said, the work aspect of it, it can't be too much fun. Yeah. What's the title again of those movies? Uh, I wrote it down. So I left my piece of, of paper. What's that? No, no, Once Upon a Time at Christmas and The Nights Before Christmas. So there's two of them. There's going to be a third one. I just told you that, and I probably shouldn't have told them that. Yeah. No, I shouldn't have told them I, that. I will, we'll bleep that out, man. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They, it's too late now. I've told <laughs> There you go. Yeah, speaking of things we can't talk about, I heard you're in The Witcher 3. Um, <laughs> where, yeah, I, do, I, do you know like, what? I did, yeah. I'm, this is so amazing, right? I was um, saying, that with The Witcher, I am allowed to say that I'm in The Witcher, I, I think. Well, it's it's on it's on uh, like Google, like when you Google your, your name and like I am. It's so it's it's out there. So they yeah. somebody's leaked it. Uh, yeah. So anyway, which wasn't me, you know, because next Netflix would kill you for these things. I've got four pages of stuff in front of me. I'm not allowed to say to you about Fubar. You know, they, I'm sure you got the same email with the please don't say this, please don't say that. Yeah, please don't mostly like this. just little plot. Otherwise, Netflix and... will come to my home and kill me, Sam. That's that's <laughs> how that's how that's how brutal these guys are. No, yeah. but with The Witcher. Um, whenever, you, whenever you get the job, it's called something else. Like they, they have a fake title for the show, so like everybody's enemy is what it was called. Oh, so even when you get the call sheet, the turn like the the they email you the day before to tell you what time to come to work tomorrow, you know, and where to go and stuff like that. But the call sheet is for everybody's enemy, and then you go to work going, "This is like this is The Witcher, though, right?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I was like, "Why is the call like?" I mean, I know it's a secret, and like they're very secretive about what's going on and the plot and so on, but. Uh, why, why you know we're on the inside like we're you know like as in we're we're doing it and <laughs> so don't we get to call it the witcher and they go yeah it's just easy just to call it everybody's enemy yeah and it's I, almost like they're sending you like to go full circle with fubar on a, a cia mission they give you like this little yeah. like code yeah the like, secrecy fubar wasn't too bad because it was like obviously it's this it's season one right it's the first you know season so there's nothing people don't know what it is when you say it i mean they know who arnold schwarzenegger is and they know nick centaur and all these people but they don't really know about it. But The Witcher is season three. So like that's the season I was on. Um, so they're like, everybody knows. And it may as well be, mate, like I had the nuclear bomb codes, you know, sort of. They're like, you must not tell anybody that we've sent you this script. And you get like, the scripts are all watermarked. So if you oh, yeah. leaked it to somewhere, they'd be able to you see that it was your script, you know, that they specifically emailed you, you know, because it's like got this invisible hidden thing in it or something. And I was like, all oh, right. But I did feel like when I printed it out, that I shouldn't have left, you know, I was like, I can't leave this anywhere, you know, so otherwise yeah, I'm drunk. sure when you pull it out to read it, there's like, there's a nervousness in the air. Like who's looking yeah. over my shoulder? Like, well, I don't have a printer at home. Right. So I went to like staples to print it out. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so, yeah, so I was yeah. like, but then I was like, I was like making sure this is definitely off. Right. We've shut this shit down. You know, It's not going to reprint the last thing after I leave, you know, which is <laughs> yeah. the whole, which is the whole season scripts, you know, <laughs> you, you reformat the computer just in case. Like, yeah. I'm like, sorry. I'm just, Besides, take a baseball bat to your machine. I can't take any risks. I hope you understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. But uh, Witcher is so cool because it's one of the few gaming adaptations that is actually like really, really good. And kind of, I guess, for fans of the game, that uh, 
it's kind of stays true to the vibe, I guess, and everything. I don't know if you do you play games at all. I don't, which is really embarrassing because when I turned up to The Witcher, I was like, I didn't really realize, I'll be totally honest, that it was a game. Uh, oh, cool. and I, I knew that there was a game. I didn't know it was based on a game. I thought the show came and then the game came. Mm, and then okay, yeah. and they were like, people were like in, in awe that I didn't know that. And I was like, oh, I was like, like I watched the show. Um, I was like, but I didn't know it was a game. I was like, as in, I didn't know that it was inspired by a game. I thought the game was sort of just came alongside it. And they're like, no, no. Like, they were like, I was crazy. And I was like, yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> okay, don't. Yeah. I was like, honestly, I was very busy making stuff. So I don't always have time to watch. If I was sitting here playing video games all day, I wouldn't have been doing any of this stuff. You know? Exactly. So I, would have, I would have forgot to turn up to my audition because, you know, I'd have been playing video games. Mm-hmm. That's true. And, uh, you're not the first person uh, who I heard like didn't know it was a video game, and it's just, oh okay, that's Good. a test of like just how well done that show is too. So I'm yeah, really well, excited to it... see you in it. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, me too. <laughs> so I know I'm actually um, I'm in it. I, I there's hey, there's another bit of this, mate. I'm gonna give you another little thing. As an actor as well, whenever you're in these big things, you're always nervous that they won't like it and they'll cut you out later because they can. They, they, like The Witcher costs like. Witcher is number you know, one of those other, like you know quarter of a billion dollars you know productions like huge and they just mate they have so much money I mean, they have just so much money it's ridiculous um but then you're like they also have so much power like they can cut you out if they don't like it so you never you go and do the show and then you never really know maybe they don't like it maybe they you know I don't know maybe they think ah that's too long cut it out you know sort of um uh and stuff like that so you're like okay yeah uh so you don't really know that you're going to be in the show and honestly until a bit later and then somebody calls you and goes hey can you do some adr which is like the um the you know the dubbing later on because you always have to do a bit of that in the show um and that's the first time you know that you're in the show really because th- what happens is they lock the edit of the show and then they try and clean up all the audio to make it sound amazing uh and then you get come in. But when you go into the the sound recording studio later, you get to see your scenes on the screen, you know, and then you have to fix. They go, yeah, it's a bit of rustling and we, we can't quite hear what you're saying here. Ah. And you get to do it again. But that's the first time you know you're in it. You're like, ah, good, I'm in it. Because otherwise I wouldn't be here doing this. I yeah. wouldn't waste time doing this. It's like a yes moment. I'm it's like, it. it's like, yes. Oh, oh, because other than you're like, I'm, I'm just no, no idea if I'm going to be in this or not. Um, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. So, I, but again, I, I am because I saw it. Yeah, no, it's so cool. And oh my God, this half hour flew by so quickly for me. Oh, like, wow. Is that 30 minutes already? Good. That, well, that's good. Yeah, I just wanted to say, like, I'm having such a good time uh, talking to you. And hopefully, in the future, around like another project, uh, we can do this again. But uh, before you go, as a final question, I know a lot of different creatives like check out these segments and even aspiring actors. And maybe could you give like a little piece of advice or something that you learned on your journey that you could uh, pass on just keep going like keep doing things one of the, one of the things i i absolutely hate mate is actors like i'm just waiting for the right opportunity i was like oh no man any opportunity is the right sometimes i have done terrible movies terrible or tv shows or something like that but i have met someone on it who you know somehow i met a producer or a writer or something like that and then they give you something epic two or three years later because they remember you from this, from this thing. So somebody, you know, do if you're an actor and somebody's willing to 
pay you to be an actor and stuff like that, and if you want to be a creative like that, then just go do it, you know. Uh, and if if it's a terrible movie, you know what happens? Nothing. No one will see it. Um, you know, sort of. But if it's a good movie, everyone will see it, and they'll be going, "Man, I loved you in that movie." You know, sort of. The, man, there were people when we were making the cra crazy Christmas movie. They're going, "I don't know, man. This this seems like a bit out there." And you're like, and people, you know, I was like, I don't know. I was like, well, I know that we're making it with a lot of love for horror movies and stuff like that. And later on, people loved it. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. but there were people that were like, I don't think I want to be, this sounds kind of, yeah, you know, not not my style. And you're like, and then uh, those people definitely regretted that because they got way more attention than it should have done for a little Oh, yeah. Keep I'm out sure. there, mate. Keep persistent. Lots of fingers and lots of pies. Keep busy. That's awesome. But uh, Simon, thank you so much for your time. I hope you no enjoy worries, the rest of your media day and I uh, hope to talk to you again sometime. Thank you, Sam. Cheers. You can call me Sam, Simon. <laughs> but what a great talk, like we mentioned. Fubar comes out this week, May 25th. You can catch that on Netflix. And I need to thank Netflix for modifying my personal account. So I could just binge watch the whole series before it even came out. That was kind of a cool experience. I feel like we're kind of leveling up with the show. And I've joined some type of media Illuminati right now. And uh, speaking of this, I don't want to spoil too many things, but we got a lot of quality guests for you around the corner. And it's just exciting times. And I thank you guys so much because we're going to get some more awesome chats like we had with Simon today. And definitely go check out FUBAR. It was a fun mix of crazy high budget action with some comedy. With Arnold being there, the vibe of the series kind of reminded me of True Lies, if you guys were a fan of that movie back in the day. And before we ride off in the sunset, I can't go without thanking all you legends on the Patreon page. First up, my old pal Mike Carniello of the Testing with Mike YouTube channel. Check him out. The lovely Amanda McKnight of Top 10 Nerd. Ryan Watkins of Ryan Radio. The wonderful... Jenny Potter, the legend Devin McBride, Ryan frickin' Campbell, my favorite soul singer, Saber, and last but not least, Francis Coffer, aka my mom. If you want to shout out at the end of every episode and get these episodes early, right when I've done the Zoom call, I post them uncut and uncensored, you can go to patreon.com slash the creative imbalance and beyond helping me out you can go to sleep at night knowing you're a badass motherfucker who supports raw uncut and independent media and nobody can take that away from you you hear me all right <laughs> but like we mentioned we got a lot of fun stuff coming around the corner and i can't wait to share that with you and we'll catch you next time <laughs>